Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. Today we're continuing our sermon series on, didn't see that coming, from uh, Carrie Newhoff's book. Uh, I know some of you have picked this book up and are reading along, talking about it in small groups, things like that. Super great book on any kind of leadership, but in particular, it focuses on uh, Christians and how, how can we uh, be leaders in the communities in which we find ourselves. And today we were supposed to focus on two chapters, but I, I, I decided that the two chapters were different enough that I, I just made an executive decision that I'm not going to focus at all on one and I'm going to the other. And so the first one, just let me tell you a little bit, if you have the book, it's super great chapter. It deals with uh, allowing ourselves to become unplugged from time to time, the fact that we're overconnected. And we've talked about that in here before, how we're addicted to our devices. And Carrie's point with this, and I think it's a good one, is don't blame the devices. <laughs> Discipline yourself. Find time to be focused on what's really important, and then go back to your devices when the time's right. So encourage you to read that chapter, but I was more interested in the second chapter, which is dealing with irrelevance. Irrelevance. I think this is such a crucial thing for those of us who find ourselves still in the Christian world, trying to live as a community of faith together. What does it look like to avoid becoming irrelevant? So I want to start by showing you this picture. So this is Sarah Bennett, who works in, uh, she is in charge of our front office. This is her boys, Seth and Luke. And what do you notice about that picture? Their, besides their heads are cut off. Yeah, Birkenstocks with socks, right? Birkenstocks with socks. Now, they are not the only children of staff members that show up with Birkenstocks and socks. Will Strickland shows up with Birkenstocks and socks. So many of our other staff members' kids show up with Birkenstocks and socks. And so I kept, th this sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, doesn't it? <laughs> so I, I started arguing with them because my point to them when I started noticing, this is because I'm like, what are you doing? And they're, they're like, this is what we do now. Like, this is what's cool. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> Jesus and I basically invented Birkenstocks. I've been wearing Birkenstocks since before you were born. I remember my stepdaughter once came to me and said, wow, you look really cool in your Birkenstocks now. Those are hip. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been wearing these for 25 years. Now, all of a sudden, it's hip. And so we got into this conversation, and I'm like, when I was growing up, if you wore socks like that with sandals, you were a dork. Right? How many of you are with me on this? Okay. How many of you are arguing with me right now? Okay. Either that means we're way too old of a crowd, or we don't know culture. But, so yeah, I, I told them, I'm like, the only people I knew who wore sandals with socks were people who spent too much time in front of a video screen with a joystick. Like, come on! And so they pushed back and we argued and it made me realize how quickly, though, 
even someone as hip as I, <laughs> thank you, can become irrelevant in someone else's eyes. It's amazing how fast culture changes. Rick Warren says this. Rick Warren, the megachurch pastor out in California who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, he says, when the speed of change around an organization is faster than the speed of change inside the organization, the organization becomes irrelevant. Let me read that one more time. When the speed of change around an organization is faster than the speed of change inside the organization, the organization becomes irrelevant. I mean, that's, that's a huge message for the church today as we, as we look at the culture in which we live and we, we try to figure out how do we reach out as people of faith, as evangelists in the good sense of the word? How do we reach out and not let the outside world change faster than our organization? Or it could apply to you as well. How many of you, if I asked you the question, what's changing faster, you or culture? How many of you raise your hand for you? Yeah, me neither. Some of you, okay. Culture's changing so fast, and sometimes it, it's blinding. Now, let me make an important point here. We're not talking about values. You don't change your values every time you turn around. That goes back to the, the first week when we talked about not compromising your integrity or your character. This isn't about values. It's about uh, the, the, the goal here is not chasing culture blindly all the time and becoming someone different every time you turn around. That's not authentic either. The goal here, in my opinion, and in Carrie's writing, says this. The goal is to be familiar enough with culture that you can speak into it. To be familiar enough with culture that you can speak into it. Does that make sense? Somewhat? Let's talk about music. No one pay attention to the man behind the pastor. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Let's talk about music. Most uh, people who study culture say that our musical tastes and interests get locked in around age 23. We develop what we like for about five, six, seven years, but it becomes locked in mostly around age 23. So some of you are sitting right here right now going, yep, Barry Manilow, baby. <laughs> wow. I have more work to do than I knew, yeah. So, I mean, picture like the dude in his 50s with a mullet and a Metallica t-shirt still on because he can't move past that era of music or a 75-year-old who still dresses like he's at a deadhead concert. I mean, we know that our music gets locked in. How many of you can identify with what I'm saying? Like, you get it? Yeah, like... Beach Boys, I'm still there, or you too, that's my, that's my go-to, and, and you kind of get locked into that. So I try to uh, keep an open mind with my younger son. I think I've shared before that he's a big-time headbanger. Like, I, I loved, I have always loved hard rock, but his music pushes my boundaries because he takes it 
to the next level. This isn't, this isn't just nice hard rock with, with uh, every rose has its thorn mixed in from time to time. This is screamo. This is Lamb of God, or I should say, Lamb of God. And that's kind of, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. So he and I go to a Lamb of God concert, mixed in with some others, and we've been, we went to the Incarceration Festival in Mansfield, and, and I've decided I can either join him and try to embrace what he's about, or I can just cast him off at a distance and say, that's your world, I don't want a part of it. And so I was at the Lamb of God concert at the LC Pavilion, which I know now has changed to something else. I can't keep up. But, uh, but we're at this concert, and there was a patio outside, so I could take some of it for a while. But then I went out to the patio, and I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go up to people and start taking selfies. Some of you may have seen this on my Facebook page. And here's the great thing is... I went up and I introduced myself. You can see I even am wearing Matthew's concert t-shirt that he instantly asked for back. Um, but the great thing is I go up to these people and I introduce myself and I say, hey, I am the oldest guy here and I want selfies with rockers. And they loved it. They loved it and they would talk and we, they smiled. They were the nicest people. And it was just, I think they found it fascinating that this 50-something-year-old took interest in their world. And at one point, uh, the guy right next to me on the left slide there, he goes, now, dude, what is old? Does it actually exist? And I was like, give me some of what you have right now. And... Um, but it was just great conversation. Now, it, it allowed me to experience some of Matthew, my son's world. And it, I find it way better to try to be engaging. Now, I didn't get a tattoo with a skull. I didn't pierce my lips. But I entered a little bit into a different world. Some of it great, some of it eh. But isn't it interesting when we explore a little bit the culture as it changes. Now, I'll admit, it's easy to get stuck, isn't it? It's easy to get stuck. I mean, some of you know the feeling of having a phone, an iPhone or a Samsung, whatever it is that you have, and one app after another gets updated, and the, the whole thing gets updated, and then you got to learn a whole nother thing. And so it's easier to kind of stay with the old programming and stay with your old phone as long as you can. But sometimes, sometimes change is essential. Let me give you an example. 30 years ago, and I, this is true confession time, and I, I don't like confessing this, but I, I'm betting some of you can identify with this. 30 years ago, and it might have been a result of an environment that I grew up in and it was just accepted, there were certain types of ethnic jokes that were okay. 30 years ago, we thought so. You tell those same ethnic jokes today, rightly so, you're a bigot. Culture changes, and sometimes it's really for the better. For the pig out a few weeks ago, there was a group of us, and we were setting up uh, nine, nine Square. 
Our students love to play nine square, and we have this thing, some of you have seen it, it's PVC pipes with these connector little modules, and you connect this and it forms nine squares about this tall. And so a group of us, I think I was the youngest there by about 15 years, are trying to set this thing up, and we looked ridiculous trying to figure, I mean, this was like some sort of, uh, I don't even know the word, algebraic equation? See, I never took algebra. But um, so we're trying to connect this thing together, and at one point, one of the guys who's a part of this crowd goes, who's on first? Now let me ask this, because it struck me right at that moment. How many of you know that phrase? Okay, I'm surprised. How many of you don't? Okay, yeah, a few. There's these people called Abbott and Costello that invented this phrase years ago from a funny skit, but it struck me in the moment. It's not going to be long before when people hear that, they have no context of where it came from. Culture is constantly changing, and we assume that everyone knows what we're talking about. So I know this conversation can be hard for those of us who aren't always open to trying out new trends in culture. So let me give you some words of comfort from Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. He says this, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I, let me rephrase this, come to me, all of you who are aging, <laughs> who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, I think we've heard this in other contexts, but put these words into this conversation. A Jesus who I picture like a mother, a mother of a former kindergarten student who's now going to first grade but wants to go back to kindergarten because it was better and comes running home in tears. Now, what does that mother do? The mother embraces her first grader, brushes him or her off, and then the next day does what? Sends them back, saying, you'll continue to learn, you'll continue to develop, you'll continue to learn new things and become somebody new. Picture Jesus saying that to you as you struggle with changing culture, it's okay. I love you. Now go back out there and continue to keep trying. Or think about it maybe from the book of Exodus. In the story of Moses and the Hebrew people, they have just been set free, but then Pharaoh changes his mind and the Hebrew people find themselves up against the Red Sea. Do we go forward or do we go back? And here's what the words say. Is this not the very thing? This is the Israelites talking. Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. And then listen to this. Then the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? 
Tell the Israelites to go forward. God never says, tell them to go back. God is always saying, go forward. It's such an important message for us as people of faith to hear. Keep moving forward. There was a letter that was received by a pastor from a parishioner complaining about a new song they sang in church. It goes like this. It says, I am no music scholar, but I feel I know appropriate church music when I hear it. Last Sunday's new hymn, if you can call it that, sounded like a sentimental love ballad one would expect to hear crooned in a saloon. If you insist on exposing us to rubbish like this in God's house, don't be surprised if many of the faithful look for a new place to worship. The hymns we grew up with are all we need. This was written by someone in 1863 on the hymn, Just As I Am. Let's look at one more. Here's another letter a pastor received. <laughs> what is wrong with the inspiring hymns with which we grew up? When I go to church, it is to worship God, not to be distracted with learning a new hymn. Last Sunday's was particularly unnerving. The tune was unsingable, and the new harmonies are quite distorting. Written in 1890 about what a friend I have in Jesus. <laughs> Here's something we're looking at as leaders here at Peace. We realize, as we contemplate a capital campaign, we realize that our building screams 1960s. We love our spaces, but hallways in particular, bathrooms scream 1960s. If you want to know what the 1960s look like, in particular, walk our downstairs hallway. Not only will you know what they look like, you will know what the 60s smelled like. <laughs> so Carrie in his book says this, love mission more than methods. I think this is so critical. If you're a leader in any capacity, if you're a Christian in any capacity, love your mission more than your methods. We see this with Jesus all the time. He didn't care how it happened. He cared about what his mission was. And that's what he stayed focused on. It kind of ticked everyone else off from time to time that he could, he could reposition himself and go a different direction. But he loved his mission. Our mission is to love God, neighbor, self. The methods are important, but they're not as important as the mission. That's what we're here for. And so we have to be able to speak our mission in the cultures in which we find ourselves. We have been forced to do this over the past two, three years because of COVID. We have technology we probably would have never had because we knew that in order to reach the world in which we found ourselves, we all stepped up and we made it happen. So let me close with one other example. I, I meet all the time with leaders of other churches and, and some are doing great work, continuing to think forward. But there's a bunch that are just kind of, and, and I think we see this in other types of uh, capacities in our culture today, too. There's, there's a group of people that were once super strong leaders that are now sitting almost with arms crossed waiting for the good old days to come back. 
And then we have leaders that are saying, okay, the world has changed. How do we adapt? And I thank God we have leaders in our community that, that are even are pushing me to ask great questions. The world has changed. We have resources, we have people, we have facilities. How do we change with it and open ourselves up in the community in which we find ourselves in maybe different and new ways? How do we realize that sometimes it looks like we're at the Red Sea, but we trust in God and we move forward anyway? And so I want to close with this. I've decided... that I am going, at least for today, to wear Birkenstocks with socks. Amen? Let's go.